Hey, welcome to the Noble Wise Men Podcast, where anything is possible, all through Christ. I'm your host, Kevin Leon, and I'm just an ordinary guy whose life was transformed by someone truly extraordinary. I believe that no one is too far gone, and it's never too late to start changing our thoughts and our behaviors for the better. The Noble Wise Men Podcast was created to help young men in their pursuit of truth, virtue, values, morals, mindsets, and perspectives. We release new episodes every Monday, and you can visit us on our website at www.noblewisemen.com. There, you can find access to all of our social media. That way, you can subscribe and not miss out on any of our content. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode, where I'll be talking about the importance of a man keeping his word. Let's get right into it. guys so jumping right into it what is the importance of a man keeping his word a man is nothing without his word our goal is to be more and more like jesus our goal should be and is to be more and more like jesus to be ambassadors of christ to be representatives of jesus to show others the way the truth and the life which is again jesus christ our goal should always be to show others the love of Christ, to show others the joy of the Lord. Wherever it is that we go, no matter what it is that we're doing, we should represent Jesus in such a way that others look at us and they want to know what it is that makes us different, what it is that sets us apart. There is something that changed within us when we came to Christ. We are made into new creations. We are made into a new being and our old ways are not the same as our new ways we have changed in our behaviors in our mannerisms in our speech in our actions things have to change when you come to christ just it's just the nature of it it just has to happen and so as representatives of christ as ambassadors for christ we should live in such a way that when others look at our lives in the way that we're happy in the way that we're joyful in the way that when trials and tribulations come we have the strength and the joy of the lord that we don't fall we don't crumble but we persevere and make it through the way that we live our lives should be done in such a way that others want to know what makes you different what is it about that person that no matter what comes their way no matter what life throws at them they always have a smile on their face they're always in a good mood. They Nothing can ever bring them down. Nothing can ever break their stride. They are just always in this uplifted, joyful mood. Now, granted, truth be told, as a Christian, is that something that will always happen? Probably not. Things happen, situations come, tough times come, and it is hard to persevere and get through it. But God brings us through it. God will always make a way when there seems to be no way. And for us as Christians, when God delivers us in such a way, we should be able to testify of his goodness, testify of all that he's done for us. That should be the life of a Christian, that when others look at you and they see, despite what you're going through, the same trials and tribulations that your friends are going through, 
the same headaches, the same job, the same whatever. When they look at your life, they can see and ask themselves, why is it that they're going through the same thing I'm going through, and yet they have this happiness, they have this joy, they have this light in their life. What makes them different? And the answer that you should give should always, always, always be Jesus. I actually had someone ask me this the other day because I'm blessed. I'm blessed in so many different ways. And that's not to brag. That's just a matter of fact. I am so fortunate in so many different levels and so many different ways. But I recently had a friend come up to me and ask me because one of my blessings and one of the things I, I have to thank God for is that I am someone who many a times my friends come to me and they ask me for advice. They ask me for guidance. You know, whatever it is that they're going through, they'll talk to me and they'll go through it all. And I usually give them counsel. And obviously, me being a Christian, I give them godly counsel. I talk to them not just about what they should do according to wisdom or, or experience or whatever. I tell them what they should do according to the word of God, according to the Bible. What is, how does this apply to your situation? Because whenever I hear what they tell me, it always reminds me of something that I've read in the word of God. And I can show them, well, your situation reminds me of this person or reminds me of this situation from the Bible. And that, if you read it, if you learn from it, if you take it into account, you can apply that lesson to your own life and have tremendous changes happen and occur as a result. So I had a friend that recently came up to me where he asked me, he goes, you know, Kevin, you're always talking to other people about what they're going through. You're always giving them life advice and this and this and that. Is there anything going on in your life? Is there anything that you're struggling with or that you can't handle? Or is there anything that I can help you with? Is there anything that's going on in your life? Because you don't seem to talk about these kinds of things with us. And the reason for that, the, re the answer that I gave to him was, I'm so blessed to be able to speak to others, give them counsel, give them godly advice and wisdom. And, and to the best of my ability, help them improve, help them come out of their circumstances. And what I told my friend was, when it comes to me and my life, I am fortunate enough that I have a God who loves me, who sees me, who I can call out to and cry out to and speak to and just give up my, my situation, give up my circumstances, give up my troubles, my worries, my anxieties. I can, I have a God who I serve that I can give all these things up to. So the source of my strength comes from the Lord. It comes from the living God. And it was just something that was very fascinating. And I wanted to share with you because he came, again, he came up to me and asked me, how can I help you unload your burdens? And my response was, I don't really have any burdens to give to you. I don't really have much, really, in, in all, all authenticity. I don't have much to share with you because whenever I go through things, my response is to give it up to God. I am so blessed to be able to have a God who cares for me, who loves me. And beyond that, God, God has the same experience for you. He has the same love for you. He has the same 
desire for you not to perish, but to have everlasting life. He has the same desire for you to have a good, love-filled blessing of a life, a life not full of troubles, not full of torment. His desire is that no one should come to perish, but that all should come to repentance and receive salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. I am blessed that whenever I go through things, I can give up my troubles to him. I don't need to rely on others. Granted, it's a good thing to seek others, to ask them for prayer, to ask them to help you in whatever situation, circumstance you're going through. But oftentimes we find ourselves looking out in all the wrong places for answers, searching in all the wrong places and asking all the wrong people to help us in this circumstance. When the people that we're asking, they're not going to give us godly counsel according to the word. They're not going to give us counsel according to the Bible. A lot of times we seek help in places where help cannot be found. A lot of times we should be seeking the Lord, and yet we seek other people. And granted, other people is not a bad thing or a wrong thing to seek after, to ask for help, ask for advice. But the problem is you seek for people who don't hold themselves accountable to the word. They don't seek God. They don't read the word. They don't pray to him. They don't worship him. And they give you all sorts of ungodly counsel. You might be going through a breakup. You might be going through a hard time. And you'll have friends that will just tell you, yeah, you know what? You should go sleep around. And that's how you'll get her back. You should go ahead and sleep with this person, sleep with that person, and stab her in the back and make her regret that none of that whatsoever is godly counsel. You'll receive advice from people that will totally and utterly lead you astray. They'll point you in a path. They'll point you in a direction that will do nothing but separate you from the Lord. They'll point you in a path that will lead you down into sin, into revenge, into payback. And that is not what the Lord desires of us. In fact, it says in Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 19 and verse 21, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. And again, even going into the fact that a man without his word is nothing, a man should keep his word because it's so important. And in fact, Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37 say, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need is to say simply, yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And the New King James Version actually says, but let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever more than these is from the evil one. And the point in saying that is, whenever you tell someone, hey, or 
Better yet, if someone asks you to do something and you say, yes, I'll be there. I got it. I'm, I'm there for the plans. I'm there to help you out. If you're going to be moving, I'll go there. I'll, I'll fill up the truck. Whatever, whatever it is that someone asks you to, if you say yourself that you're going to do something, make sure that you do it. Make sure that you accomplish what you set out to accomplish, that you do what you set out to do, because you have to let your yes be yes and your no be no. So many times people have this habit of swearing where, again, people don't believe you. They don't believe your word and they say, oh, so, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to do this, this and that. And they say, oh, yeah, you swear to God. And you'll say, yeah, 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 I swear to God. You should not be doing that. You should not be doing that at all. People will say, oh, you swear on your mom? And you'll say, yeah, yeah, I swear on my mom. Like this verse says right here, you do not have the power to even make one hair on your head white or black. So what is it that you're swearing by? You should not swear at all. If you are a man of integrity, if you are a man who keeps his word, when you say you're going to do something, those who know you should know that you will do what you promised to do. I don't have to swear by God. I don't have to swear by my mother. I don't have to swear by my job, my children. I don't have to swear by anything. I don't have to make an oath because I, as a man, when I say you need me to be there, I will be there. That is enough. You need me to help you move, I'll be there. And I will make sure that I will be at that place at that time to do what I said I was going to do. A man without his word is nothing. And it's actually very biblical that you hold yourself accountable and you watch what you say with your mouth and with your tongue. James chapter 3 verses 7 to 12, it says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So we have to be conscious of our thoughts and of our words. Because like these verses say, no man can tame the tongue. We say things that we ought not to say. We say things that we don't mean. And we say things that we should not be saying. We curse. We lie. We cheat others. There are things that we should not be saying and things that we should not be doing. And yet we still do them. It ought not to be this way. The verse itself says, with the same mouth, with the same tongue, we praise our God and Father in heaven, and we curse others. It should not be this way. And it's something that is very difficult. It's something that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But at the very least, it should be something that convicts you and bothers you and pushes you to improve. It, push, it should push you to do better. Because even though we may never be able to tame the tongue, if you're a Christian who has been saved for a certain amount of time, more than just a couple months, maybe even a year, if you've been saved for several years, you should not be cursing. This is something that I sometimes slip up on myself, and I do my best to improve on. 
But improvement is not the same as freedom. Jesus wants to free you from your temptations. Jesus wants to free you from your sins, your shortcomings. And we may improve on those things, but it is not the same as the freedom that Christ wants to give us. And in fact, when it comes to speaking, Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So this is something that we learn from the Bible, that out of the abundance of a man's heart his mouth speaks. So if you're someone who is cursing, if you're someone who is tearing down, who is breaking, who is hurting others, that comes from the abundance of your heart. That is something that if you are in this place where you use your mouth more often for evil, you use your tongue to cut people down instead of trying to build them up, you're speaking from the abundance of your heart. There is a serious issue with your heart, with your intentions, with your well-being that you need to adjust and change. You need to purify yourself within from your heart in order to speak life into others, in order to bless others and lift them up and help them and improve on them rather than tearing them down, breaking them down, and crushing them in their spirit. And in just, you have to do better and speak better because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 to 28 says, He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. This is a verse that I cling to and I've held on to from pretty much when I first came to Christ. Again, it's something that I'm working on, that I'm improving on. But the essence of it is that even a fool is wise up until the point that he opens his mouth. If someone is a complete buffoon and they don't speak and they don't show and reveal their stupidity or their dumbness or whatever it is, if they are quiet and to themselves, they are perceived as intelligent. They are perceived as wise. The saying goes, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should be listening more than we're speaking. And that's something that you can apply to your life today moving forward, that if you just speak a little bit less, you learn a little bit more, you receive a little bit more information, and you can use that to your advantage. If you speak a little bit less, people will perceive you as more intelligent than you are. Not to say that you're an idiot, not to say that you're dumb or a buffoon, but even if you are in, an intelligent person and you don't speak often or you take the time to step back, listen, and pay attention to what's going on first, and then you speak, you'll be perceived as much more intelligent than you even are. Even if you're already an intelligent person, it will be a perception of you that is much, much different than someone who is constantly blabbing and going on and on and on and on and on and just love hearing the, the sound of their voice and love speaking. You'll be perceived as a much more intelligent person by listening before you speak. It's such a simple but practical thing that you can apply to your life that will make a big impact on how others view you. But guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope this episode has blessed you. And as always, what I have to say is nowhere nearly as important as what God has to say. 
So I'll leave you off with a word from him. And this is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So guys, keep your word and do everything to the best of your ability. May God bless you, may he keep you, and as always, stay holy.